Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Okay, so if you ride BART or live in the Bay Area, you've heard these headlines. Steve Foster never knew that he would be grilled to this extent for eating a breakfast sandwich. BART is sending a very tall message to ferry meters with these new gates. Our newly released documents are providing some more insight into the deadly shooting of Oscar Grant on a BART platform more than a decade ago. On New Year's so what's up with BART? BART consistently finds itself as the backdrop of some contentious political conversations about race and culture. Today, why BART is such a politicized space. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Welcome to The Bay. I initially saw the video on Twitter. Uh, Tone Oliver, who's... um, a busker who's been in the news as of late for rapping on BART and also fighting for performers' rights on BART. Uh, he sent me the video on Twitter. Pendarvis Harshaw is the host of KQED's Right Nowish podcast. I watched it and my retweet and comment was, hey, what's going on here? You single me out out of all these people. From what the video depicts, it was an officer accosting a gentleman eating a sandwich and looked like a tug of war over a backpack. Can you please let my backpack go? I'm not going to jail for eating a sandwich. No, for resisting arrest. I'm not resisting arrest. The officer was not letting go of the bag. The gentleman didn't want to let go of the bag either. And he's like, unhand me. The gentleman's name is Steve Foster. He was eventually detained and handcuffed, and this video of him went viral. It became yet another example of the ways African Americans are policed in public spaces, an eating on the BART platform while black type situation. He never walked up to me and was nice and then walked past me and then came back. Like, no, none of that happened. He just came straight up to me and just got on my face and told me I couldn't eat on BART. After it blew up on social media, BART's top official, General Manager Robert Powers, issued a public apology for the incident. Watching a video like that, I'm almost waiting for the police brutality moment, you know, for the big thing to happen. And in watching it all the way through and no big thing happened, I was like, okay, well, at least there's that, you know. And so maybe Mm -hmm. it isn't that big of an issue. And then when I started seeing the conversation around it and what it exemplified and really when you boil it all down everybody eats on bart <laughs> it's not a big thing and you juxtapose that with videos of people smoking drinking doing whatever else on bart mm-hmm. it's like what what's really going on here 
BART released new data on use of force incidents last month. It found that overall they dropped, but that BART officers continue to use force most often against African-American riders. 60% of the incidents involved black riders, who make up just 12% of BART's ridership. That same week of this incident, people held eat-ins on the Pleasant Hill and Embarcadero BART platforms to protest. I've got my my lunch here. Uh, obviously very threatening. People should be able to eat on the platforms and not get harassed. So I wanted to make sure that I showed up and stood in solidarity and ate on this plaza, which I've done hundreds of times. And, and it kind of made me think like of BART as this space that is, again, at the center of tense political, social conversations in the Bay Area. And I wonder if you think that this is this was another example of that. Earlier this year, I wrote a column. Um, essentially, the premise of the column was as BART goes, the Bay Area goes, and vice versa. Mm. Um, it's one of the few places where you get all races and classes of people all together in a big metal moving tube, you know? <laughs> and you're going to have clashes. You're going to have incidents, you know, be them micro or macro. Um, you're going to have conflicts. And then you add to that equation over-policing of people of color, and this is what you get. I'm very concerned about the incident that transpired a few weeks ago with the arrest of the black man eating a sandwich at Pleasant Hill Station. I understand that there's a lot of concern about crime on BART. I'm concerned too. I have a lot of people who won't ride BART after hours. And I think that there is a real way we can go about combating crime without endangering the lives of the public or criminalizing poverty. Um, I don't want to see police use for quality. What are some other examples of how BART has become sort of the backdrop of contentious political and social conversations in the Bay Area? The big thing that you think of is Oscar Grant, right? And the Oscar mm-hmm. Grant shooting that took place on January 1st, 2009. But even before Oscar Grant, there was over-policing of people of color. I remember my friends trying to sell candy on BART and getting arrested as teenagers. Mm. It's like, this is your first run-in with the law, with you trying to sell candy? So, okay, so the laundry list of incidents that come to mind when I think about BART and race... Um, Oscar Grant is at the head of it. As protesters yelled outside the courthouse, a former Bay Area transit officer charged with murdering unarmed BART rider Oscar Grant was back in court. Obviously, Nia Wilson thereafter. Many of the young people here didn't even know Nia Wilson, but they said something about her killing really touched them, traumatized them. They felt the need to speak out. And then Salim Tindall was killed in, um, in 2018. 28-year-old Salim Tyndall was killed near the West Oakland station last month. The BART gate, gate, the <laughs> establishment of fare gates to try to stop people from jumping them. The fare gates look like they're going to clip your ankles or something like that. Um, and they were only put in at Fruitvale and Richmond stations, which were largely black and brown communities. You have the debate over the anti-panhandling signs on the new BART trains. Now BART is looking at whether they can ban street performers and panhandlers from the train. And so, yeah, you, you see this time and time again, and you start to question who was BART for. When I think about race relations in BART, I think about the images of the development of the structure that runs through 7th Street in West Oakland. This is 7th Street on Oakland's west side an admittedly blighted area directly in the path of proposed Bay Area Rapid Transit District construction. 7th Street in West Oakland used to be the Black Broadway, 
And with the development of BART, it ran straight through there and kind of threw a wrench in the development of the business district over there. Most of the homes and businesses in this area will have to be destroyed to make room for progress. And the push of progress is not always gentle. Angry and confused, many of the residents say they can't buy new homes with the market value prices given them for the ones they now live in. Think about all the ways BART represents the Bay Area, where we've come from and where we're going. Think about the new lines planned to reach San Jose next year, or the new line that finally reached Antioch last year. Antioch is this city that's waited decades for BART. It's a city that represents the story of displacement of people of color who've moved to Antioch from other areas like Oakland and San Francisco. The tensions that are present in the Bay Area, when you talk about displacement, income inequality, um, overpopulation, you can look at BART and see all of that. You can look at BART and see race relations 101. Um, and then you look at new BART cars and you see BART's attempted accommodating these the surplus of riders. You look at the development of the fact that they're going to be uh, BART cars manufactured in Pittsburgh now. Well, that speaks to the growing population of Pittsburgh, California. Just look at BART and you get a sense of what's going on in the Bay Area. Yeah. I'm also that also makes me think of like where BART is and where it isn't and how there's always kind of been this sense among people um who kind of look at the fact that BART doesn't reach Marin County it for example go to Marin. which also happens to be the whitest county in the Bay Area. It's like the NIMBY headquarters. <laughs> What do you think are the conditions that make BART such a politicized space? BART is in America. It's just very simple. It's, it's, a, it's a small sample of the larger American culture. You're just seeing it in a more condensed form. Totally. I'm thinking about segregation and how the study that came up from UC Berkeley earlier this year, which found that the Bay Area is more segregated today than it was 50 years ago. And within the context of gentrification and displacement to public transit, um, BART as this meeting point is one of the last few democratic spaces where people from different backgrounds, racially, socioeconomically, are interacting with one another. All together, all in this together. It's almost like, duh, it's a duh moment when you think about BART happening like that because you think of other places where people of all backgrounds meet, like Lake Merritt, mm. and you see what happens at Lake Merritt. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a in Sunday a at the lake. Yes. I just looked at the map, and it said this map is fine to barbecue. No, it's not. It does. One of the questions, as I said earlier, is like, who is BART made for, or like the powers that be, who are they catering to when you think about what they're doing with BART, and also what can BART do about it, if anything. there There's numerous examples you can just think of how BART and the Bay are just so intertwined. I think about Marshawn and like catching the, the BART after a football game or uh, Steve Kerr catching, you know, BART to a game. There's images of President Nixon like on BART, you know, there's so it, it really is like the lifeblood of this region. Just this week, BART made headlines again when a man was fatally stabbed at the South Hayward Station. And when you think about why a story like this would get so much attention, you can't help but think about how many people walk through BART doors every day and how many of us have a stake in it as a space. 
Pendarvis Harshaw is the host of KQED's Right Now-ish podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, I suggest you do it. A special thank you to KQED's transportation editor, Dan Brecky, for some of the sound you heard in this episode. The Bay was produced this week by Devin Kariyama, Marisol Medina-Cadena, Julia Scott, and me. KQED's leadership team includes Julie Kane, Vinny Tong, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. I'm Erica Cruz-Guevara. Have a great weekend. There's a certain culture to Bart. There really is. And there are, like, different approaches to that culture. Some people stand in line to get on trains. Some people don't. <laughs> you know, some people will stand up in an empty Bart train. Some people will find a way to find a seat. Some people surfboard and some don't and <laughs> fall over. Some people wear their backpacks on Bart. And some people put them in between their legs. Like you should. Like you should. Thank you very much. Some people move to the middle. (laughs) Move to the middle. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast. And I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randadid Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast.